I don't know about 20, but I think we beat the Ravens. Yep. everybody welcome to another episode of the list my name is brett on the other end of the tin cannon string as always is jordan jordan episodes a little later than normal uh that's on me i think i was telling both you and zach my dad made reservations at a nice restaurant called la rustica uh reservations were for six we didn't get seated till 6 45 didn't get dinner till 7 30 but it was a really good dinner but how was your evening uh, my evening was good. I'm getting ready. If you're wondering how I'm going to handle this very high intense uh, Dolphins game on Sunday, I'm going to be boarding a cruise right at about one o'clock on game day. Nice. And of course, Zach Jackson recording as always. And as we said yesterday, Zach and I are actually going to be hanging out a little bit after work tomorrow. My dad has already invited Zach to join us for some bourbon and some cigars if, if you're down, Zach. Asking him on air. Wow, what a play. I asked him the other day, too. What a, what a very, very nice play. So, as everybody knows, second show of the week is always our picks. Uh, Jordan, you got a bunch of feedback, so we are going to change up the rotation on how we do it. And we are actually going to be starting with the Dolphins and Ravens, because that's what everybody wants to hear. Uh, Jordan, since you are going to be on a cruise, let me ask you, what are you looking towards from this game the most because it's basically dolphins versus the world this weekend it sounds like yeah so i'm gonna start off by giving you a little story do you know who adam rank is by chance uh the name sounds familiar so he's another one of the analysts i think on either nfl.com or one of those sites um adam rank makes picks um adam rank has gone been a little famous in twitterverse or xverse because Adam Rank on NFL.com or wherever this publication is, I'm not 100% sure, um, was the only person to pick the Giants over the Packers earlier in the year, was the only person to pick the Jets over the Texans earlier in the year, was the only person to pick the Broncos over the Bills earlier in the year. Adam Rank also picked the Dolphins to beat the Cowboys last week, 27-24, to which is very close to what the score was last week. On this publication, there are 10 people that pick games. Nine of them pick the Ravens. The one person that picked the Miami Dolphins was Adam Rank. So I'm not saying he's a time traveler, um, but I'm saying we have him on our side. As for the actual game, um, Dolphin fans, I feel like, or at least me, when we're going to Baltimore, um, I always feel some type of way um, because of the two games that we got blown out in the last 10 years. However, this is a different team. Uh, it looked last year when we went to Baltimore earlier in the year, or very early in the year, I think it was week two, um, down 28-7, to seven, late in the game. Tua makes a ferocious comeback. Tua finished 36-50 for 50 with 469 yards, 
six touchdowns and two interceptions. Tyreek Hill finished with 11 catches, 190 yards, and two touchdowns. This is a very different Ravens defense. This is a very different Ravens team. However, Tua and Tyreek are not going to lack confidence uh, going into Baltimore. I expect them to be at their best. I expect the defense to play well. Um, I think that Lamar is going to do what Lamar does, but I, I think we're going to do well on their receivers. Um, it's, I'm going to be very interested to see outside of Tyreek uh, how the receivers do, um, and that'll be the position to watch is the receiving core outside of Tyreek Hill. Yeah, and it does sound like, unfortunately, uh won't be a Dolphins game without, a, without someone missing it, unfortunately. It does sound like Jalen Waddell is unlikely to play. Uh, but Cedric Wilson, he has shown when he needs to, he can, when he's called upon, he can step up. Uh, speaking of Waddle real quick, I saw his stats again. We keep talking about how Waddle's having a down year. <laughs> the stats and the advanced stats do not support that. Yeah, I said a couple weeks ago, I mean, Waddle's now, I believe, just over 1,000 yards on the season. He's 72 catches. Um, that's probably going to be what he finishes the season with. Um, but another but a thousand yard season for a number two receiver on a team with probably the best statistical season for a receiver ever. I mean, that's, that's pretty special. I mean, Waddle is, is a superstar in this league um, and should be viewed as such. Absolutely. Um, This is going to be an interesting game. I think you just have to kind of accept that uh, Lamar Jackson is going to get his in some way, shape or form. Uh, we still don't know if Javon Holland's going to play, but bet- if he is, knock on wood, between him, between Van Ginkle, between maybe David Long, you'd like to think we have some people who can help with the spying game. Because so- Lamar ha- put up big numbers against us last last year in Week 2, but I don't believe Van Ginkle played, cause, or if he did, he was playing very limited minutes because he had an appendectomy right before the season. He did play. He, he did, did play. play. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he played or if it was very limited, but I remember he was like very questionable. but. We have seen that Lamar can be confused by post-snap adjustments and coverage, and Fangio does do that, so you really hope Holland's back. But um, Deshaun Elliott, this is going to be a... Deshaun Elliott and Zach Seeler both, honestly. They they were both in Lamar Jackson's draft class for the Ravens, so this is going to be a big game for both of them. um, I do think they're going to want to show the Ravens they made a mistake in not keeping them. Uh, the matchup I am curious about is Zay Flowers versus Cater Cahill. Uh, as we saw, Cater ended up drawing, at least in the first quarter, first half, a lot of coverage on CeeDee Lamb, which, unfor- no disrespect for Cater, we know he's not going to be able to cover CeeDee Lamb, and that's not an insult. Zay Flowers no, has become Not a- at all. Zay is a different animal, though, um, and Zay's yeah. going to be a tough cover. But he is questionable, so we'll see if he does end up playing. Yeah, but if that's the if that if if Zay Flowers plays, that's going to be the matchup to look at. But I do like Rashad Bateman. I'm not worried about Bateman versus either Ramsey or X. Um, again, people are looking at X saying X is washed. I don't think people again realize how good X has been, just because the interceptions aren't there. He's had a lot of almost and a lot of how did he not get this and then I'm getting posterized moments this year, but. Who would it be? It would be him and it would be Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham on the outside. I am not super worried about either of those. They have shown 
like I said, they have shown they can make big plays, but the Dolphins don't really get beat deep, especially since Jalen Ramsey's gotten back. No, I expect the defense to show up. Um, it, it's a question of how many stops, or I mean, how many scores can the offense get on that Ravens defense? Um, that looked very, very good and has looked very good all year. Um, it, it's going to be a very, very um, high-level game. And it's crazy if you look at the schedule. I mean, there's a chance we play Baltimore, Buffalo next week, and then we come right back and play Buffalo and then Baltimore again. Um, so it, it's these are teams that we have to feel out and we have to – we have to at least leave this game feeling like, okay, we can beat them in January. Yep. That's the key to the game. The, the key to the game is feeling like, all right, you, you can do this. Yeah, and I've said this all year. I've seen a lot of Baltimore. They're good. They rely. I don't think people realize how much they do rely on their defense. Their offense has good numbers, but it does go dead for big stretches of the game. They have had fumbling issues. And, of course, the rookie Mitchell, who just tore his ACL, was a big solution for a lot of their running issues. He is out. Mark Andrews is out, as most people know. And Ronnie Stanley, I believe, is still out. So there are some issues on the offensive side of the ball. And defensively, Kyle Hamilton, who has been arguably, I think, their best defensive player this year, he's questionable with a knee injury, came out against San Francisco. Still a question whether he will be able to play or not. I've gone back and forth on this game so much. I think this is going to be very similar to the Dallas game, where we are going to win on a last-second field goal. And I'm going to say 27-24 Dolphins. Uh, you and Adam Rank have the same score. I think that... Um... It's going to be a back-and-forth game. I think there's going to be a stretch um, where both teams go stale. Um, I think they it could be a feeling out early. Um, either you see score-score or you see um, a lot of stops and it'd be even lower scoring. Um, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to say we win a very high-scoring game, uh, a lot like last year. Um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins winning 38-37. Of course, just to remind everybody, we win this game, we lock up the division, um, and also it's one step closer to the number one overall seed. I don't know about you, Jordan, as much as I would love to get the number one overall seed, get that by, my focus right now is just locking up that division. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it would have been very nice if Baltimore uh, would have lost last week. Um, that would have given us the opportunity to um, clinch the one seed this week and not even have to worry about next week. Um, however, like you said, um, winning the division is what's most important. Um, being able to get one, if not two, uh, playoff games at home, um, that's awesome. That's always what you want to see and have um, an opportunity to have, um, play at your own stadium. Um, and if you told me come August that we were going to be the number two seed in the AFC, I'd be very happy about it. So I would, I would be too. Um, it, it's important because you don't want next week to be a must-win game. Mm-hmm. Um, you would like to – personally, I'd like to be locked into the number two seed next week and yeah. not have to worry whatsoever um, or be locked into the number one seed. Um, but th- that we'll, – we'll see. 
Um, we'll see what happens with Buffalo. Um, we'll see what happens with us. Um, but you would love to have an opportunity to not have to next week. You're going to take it seriously. You want to beat the bills, um, but not have to have everything dependent on next week. Right. And we're just going to treat the next this weekend and next weekend, like playoff games, uh, more so for seeding. Cause like we, we all know we are in, we are clinched in, but it's, I'm still looking at this elimination. Cause I want to get that elimination for the first, I'll say elimination for the one seed this week. And then, elimination for the division next week unless we win this week but still i want to have the option to be able to sit players next week if we need to i agree i 100 percent agree and and winning this week would go uh be at least one step to be able to do that yep now we're going to move on to the picks um especially because it's a little later not really going to go in depth as much we are going to I'll say do a little bit more of the, uh, not quick fire, but we are going to go a little quicker. And instead of doing a wild card, we are going to do two non-semifinal uh, ga- uh, games for college, the two semifinal games, and then we're just going to predict who we think is going to be the national champ, especially since, uh, Jordan, you will not be available uh, for the national t- championship game, correct? Yeah, I uh, unfortunately will not be on either of next week's shows, um, and I am questionable for the first round of the playoffs. Um, we'll we'll see when we get there, but yep. um, we'll talk about that closer to the end of the show. Yep, and uh, I don't want to deal with a full episode of Zach trolling me for Michigan, uh, but we'll get to that. Um, we're going to start. I can't wait for that, honestly. Yeah, but we are going to do with uh, two for the non- uh, semifinal games. We're going to go with two Big Ten versus SEC matchups. First one is Penn State versus Ole Miss. Uh, Penn State has made some interesting moves since the season's ended. Of course, they have hired the Kansas offensive coordinator to take over next year as their offensive coordinator, and they did get Tom Allen, the recently fired Indiana head coach, to be their defensive coordinator to replace Manny Diaz, who went to Duke. Very good hire, in my opinion. Um, Penn State, again, we've talked about how they are a year away. A lot of good talent. I think only Chop Robinson is sitting out for them this year, who, if you haven't seen, is definitely a top 15 pick, in my opinion. The the issue is they don't really have a lot offensively outside of their two tight ends and their two running backs. But the running backs, uh, Catron Allen and Nick Singleton have, or Drew Singleton, excuse me, have not had the uh, sophomore seasons that many were expecting. For those who don't follow Big Ten football, the question was who had the better running back room, Michigan or Penn State? Both running back rooms, unfortunately, did not live up to expectations, and that's with Blake Corum going God mode with touchdowns. Um, Drew Allard, there's actually questions in Pennsylvania, if you believe it or not. Statistically, he looked fine. I think he only threw two interceptions all year one of the most accurate quarterbacks statistically, but the question is, how does he handle himself in big games? And many Penn State fans want to hit the transfer portal. Um, Ole Miss is ironically hitting the transfer portal pretty hard. They've got some good players coming in. I think they have a, I don't really think they have many people sitting out and they did get a big boost with Jackson Dart saying he's returning. Um, I'm going to go with the Penn State 
Penn State to win, go Big Ten. Big Ten is on a roll this bowl season. Uh, for all you Kane fans, Rutgers just beat the Hurricanes today, so go Big Ten. And uh, I just think the defense for Penn State's the difference. And even if Chop Robinson doesn't play, that Penn State defense is yeah, it's fine. They were in a they were in a league with Iowa, Mi- Michigan, and Ohio State, and they were better than two of those better than Ohio State and Iowa, so they do not get the credit they deserve nationally. So I think Penn State wins, and I don't actually think it'll be close. Yeah, I think Penn State's going to win the game. I think, like we've both said multiple times on this show, uh, Penn State's a year away, and we both expect big things from them next year. Um, As after the season, we'll do our college football preview. Um, Penn State's going to be a team I think we both think uh, very highly of going into next year, and I think it starts in this game. Um, Ole Miss, like you said, is a team that hit the transfer portal very hard, um, which makes me think a lot of guys are getting replaced, um, which even if you don't have a lot of opt-outs, you might have guys with minds in other places. Um, I think Penn State's – I always look at the bowl season outside of the playoff um, as kind of a preview to next year, um, and I think Penn State starts their preview to next year off very, very strong with a win against Ole Miss. Yep, I agree with that. Now on to – that team from Ohio, Ohio State Buckeyes, going against one of Jordan's darlings this year in Missouri Tigers. Kyle McCord, who started all year for uh, Ohio State, has transferred, surprisingly transferred to Syracuse when the money was on him going to Nebraska. And uh, so they are going to be starting a true freshman, I believe, who hasn't played much, if at all, this year. But I don't think Ohio State has many people sitting out. Of course, they have a plethora of top wide receivers. They have Travion Henderson, arguably the best running back in the country, at least in the Big Ten, and that's saying something. Missouri had a great season. Uh, Elijah Drinkwitz, I believe his name is, the head coach, has done a great job of turning a program that is kind of known for being one of those looks like Tarzan plays like Jane programs when it comes to playing the big boys and actually playing the big boys scrappy. Uh, so I do love what he's doing with the program. I actually don't think he's going to be at Missouri long-term. Um, I hate to say it though. Ohio state just has two, even with all the transfers they've had, I think 18 players have hit the transfer portal. They just have too much talent and I'm going with Ohio state. So this whole season I've spent, telling you watch out for missouri watch out for missouri i remember in the early days of the podcast i used to get laughed at on our discord um for how much i was picking missouri and hey they were winning those games um for this season to end properly i gotta do it one more time um i i love the motivation factor in bowl games um and i think that uh missouri has it in this game there's something cooking there in mizzou um they have a great recruiting class coming in. Um, they had a great recruiting class there already. Um, they're going to be a really, really good team to watch next year. Personally, I expect them to be the third best team in the SEC next year behind Alabama and Georgia. Um, and I think they're going to be very, very big things um, for that program over the next five years. So Missouri starts off that next five years with a win against Ohio State. Yeah, and uh, something to always think about. Missouri, especially in that uh, in the Kansas City area, a lot of talent, and even back all the way going back to Gary Pinkle, Missouri always gets those the top kids to stay to stay there. 
Doriel Gordon Beckham or Doriel Green Beckham, Sheldon uh, Richardson, uh, Marcus Golden, all of them stay. Uh, Sean Witherspoon, they all stay at Missouri. So if they can just get consistency, especially defensively, they they can make some moves even in the SEC. Now on. So we're going to do this a little differently. We're going to kind of preview these games together. So I'm going to give you my two semifinals and then say what I have as the uh, national championship game and my prediction. Then I'll wait for yours. Um, Michigan, Alabama. It's Michigan versus the world, baby. It's been that way all year, or at least since the Kurt Stallion stuff started up. Uh, Michigan kind of, when Jim Harkinball got suspended, J.J. McCarthy had an injury and it affected his playing. And a lot of people kind of went out on Michigan, especially after not scoring a uh, not scoring a passing touchdown against Penn State or against Maryland, which admittedly the Maryland game was bad. I was there for that. Got me suspended from the podcast for a week. Um, <laughs> Alabama is one. The biggest advantage they have here is Nick Saban having a month of preparation. But... I think we all live in a moment and see how Alabama played against Georgia in the SEC title game, and we forget it took a miracle for them to beat a bad Auburn team the week before. It took them some... It, they had issues beating a bad Arkansas team. They had issues against a mediocre USF team this year. So... As good as they were against Georgia, I don't think it's really fair to say they've been playing their best ball at the end of the year because they've had some close calls. Michigan, same. They played really good at the beginning of the year, but had a cupcake schedule. I can admit that. I was okay with Michigan being three in the early playoff polls and because of the schedule. But Michigan's beaten everybody they faced. They've done it with an interim coach for most of the season. It's basically going to be Nick Saban versus Jim Harbaugh, Jesse Minter versus uh, who's the Alabama offensive coordinator. It's the old uh, Tommy Reese. Yeah, Tommy Reese is the offensive coordinator. And I think Jesse Minter actually has the advantage advantage in terms of coaches there. What will hurt Michigan is the lack of big playability. While the offensive line has a lot of talent who will be in the NFL next year, they are missing Zach Center, of course, who was by far the best of the offensive linemen. And the running game, especially Donovan Edwards, has just not been at the same level. But neither has Blake Corum. It's been more the three or four yard runs, not a lot of big runs. And against Bama, you need that. And quite frankly, Bama just has more big playability than Michigan does in the receiving game. Although, I do think Colston Loveland, Michigan's sophomore tight end, is going to introduce himself to national stage and basically become to many people what Brock Bowers was this year. Uh, If this becomes a shootout, Bama's going to win. But Michigan, and they talked about it all week, is they felt they overprepared last year for TCU, and it had them overthinking, and they have taken steps to fix that. And I am going to be a homer, and I, I have been doing the Michigan versus everyone all year. Been taking on the haters in the Discord, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Reddit. And I think Michigan will win. I think it will be a three-point win, and it will be 
27-24. Do you think that's going to be the same score as the Dolphins-Ravens game? Yes, I do. Because I think it's going to be a defensive battle. And while this Michigan defense doesn't have the beast in the pass rush yet, they have some good beasts, they have some good pass rushers, but they don't have that Aiden Hutchinson that they've had in the past, or the Quiddy Pay even. I think this is a be- the best overall defense Michigan has had in a while. And for people who don't know, remember the name Mikey St. still. He is number zero for Michigan, started as a wide receiver, switched to cornerback last year, and went from being a solid but not a non-spectacular wide receiver into someone who is going to be known as one of the best leaders of all time in Michigan football, and has actually worked his way into a potential first-round pick as a nickel player. So, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if we look at him there, especially with all our corners being free agents outside of X and Ramsey, but X might be gone too. As for Washington, Texas, I think again, I feel too many people are sleeping on Washington and how good they are. Texas destroyed Oklahoma State, which I think everybody saw coming. Maybe not me because I think I picked Oklahoma State in that game, but I don't remember. Um, Quinn Ewers is going to be the favorite to be the number one overall pick in 2025. I think we all agree on that. Uh, Dratavion Finley, the tight end, is someone you and I both have as potential first-round pick for the Dolphins this year. And I actually think if we're picking late 20s, which it looks like we will be, and Xavier Worthy is there, that's a guy you got to look at, even even with the Dolphins having Waddle and Hill, because he'd fit our system. But... Michael Penix, so close to winning the Heisman. That offense also just loaded with first-round picks. Roma, Roma Dunze, uh, the other wide receiver, Polk, is getting a lot of first-round love now as well. Uh, and while the defense hasn't been good the last m- month or so of the season, they have shown to be opportunistic. But again, I just think it is a case where People don't realize how good Washington is. It's not an East Coast bias. It's the Texas bias and what Texas is going to the SEC. Washington doesn't get the love they do. So I do think Washington wins. I think it's going to be 38-31. And then you have Michigan going up against potential Michigan head coach and Kalen DeBoer in the national title game. I think that game would be fascinating. In a lot of ways, they are two teams that want to do the same thing. Run the ball go off play action, rely on leadership at quarterback position, and have some dynamic pass rushers. So my national title prediction would be Michigan finally winning, beating Washington 35-21, to 21, and Jim Harbaugh finally gets that national title. So ours are similar. Um, I think that Michigan is going to get that monkey off their back and beat Alabama. Um, I have been an Alabama lover all year, but I think that ends here. I think that uh, Michigan is is on a crash course. J.J. McCarthy's playing very good football, um, and I, I think Michigan's going to beat Alabama here. Um, I have written down here, uh, my gut is Washington wins this game. Um, I was going to pick the opposite of you, but I'm not. I'm going to stick with my gut and say Washington. Um, I think these are two very, very evenly matched teams. Um, but Washington has been overlooked all year. They have the best coach in college football. 
Um, they are a team of destiny. Um, and I think not only does Washington beat Texas, but I think Washington goes into the national championship game and beats Michigan too. I think Michael Penix uh, solidifies himself as a first round pick. I think this Michigan te- or this was this Washington team uh, has so much positivity behind it uh, that they're going to take that into the college football playoff uh, and win the national championship game. Yeah, like like you said, Washington has been so overlooked all year, and they just they don't just beat every obstacle and put it in front of them. They do it convincingly, and. I could I could easily see them beating Michigan if it came down. I could see them beating Alabama. Uh, it's going to be a good game. But both of these schools, Michigan and Washington, are in areas. I don't want to say Michigan's a sleeping giant because they've always been relevant. But you're now getting you now have the school going. We're getting these type of guys who want to be at Michigan. Washington's doing a similar thing. We've said before the Pacific Northwest is just loaded with talent, and Washington just hasn't really taken advantage of that is since the early days of uh, Chris Peterson. And they're starting to do that now with Kalen DeBoer. So do not, even with, especially with Washington going to the uh, Big Ten now, do not be shocked if they now become a perennial top five team. And they're the third, they're that new team challenging Michigan, challenging Ohio State every year for the Big Ten title and to be the top Big Ten team in the play in the extended playoff, and it's not Penn State, it is not USC, it is not Oregon. I would not be shocked by that at all. So I think that that's what the extended college football playoff is going to do. I think it's going to allow a lot of teams like the Penn States, like the Washingtons, to to feel like they can act like the Missouris to feel like they can win a national championship. Because I feel like before. Um, you, you wanted to build a good team, but you never really felt like you could win. You never really felt like you would get in over an Alabama, over a Georgia. Um, so I think that it's it's the best thing for college football is that they're expanding to 12 teams. I think the playoff next year is going to be so much fun. Um, I'm hoping that UCF gets themselves in. I saw a rumor today there was a crystal ball projection, um, and I'm sure by the time I get back you'll have some sort of decision. Um, but I saw something that UCF was going to get KJ Jefferson. Um, so if that they actually up have the, they have the Louisiana quarterback coming to visit too. Yeah. So I, I, but it gives. I feel like every every Power Five team feels like, hey, like we're a couple pieces away. If we get in as a, an eight seed, as a six seed, um, we we can make some noise and we can do something. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's the best thing for college football. Um, and although I don't agree with the NIL stuff um, and and the way all of that is turned into, I think it's exploded. I mean, we could talk about that during the offseason. But I think that the extended playoff is the best thing for college football. And I think that Washington finishing the four-team college football playoff, coming out of nowhere, making noise, winning the national championship – would just be the perfect cap to uh, what has been a crazy ride. Yeah, no, I, I do too. Although I think Michigan doing it will be the perfect uh, end to our villain arc, as they would call it, with Michigan becoming the villain, or maybe the hero or some, just because of everything they've done or have gone through this year. Uh, I expect Harbaugh back, but I wouldn't. I also wouldn't be shocked, especially if Michigan wins the national title, to see Harbaugh 
piece out and let Sharon Sharon Moore take the uh, take the reins as the head coach if Michigan were to win the title. Yeah, that would. I, I think he does it anyways. Um, but I think there's almost a guarantee he does it if they win a title. Yep. Now, real quick, we are going to go into the NFL picks. Um, again, these are supposed to be games that would be interesting for the playoffs or have playoff implications. First one also ends up being an AFC East battle as the Patriots take on the Bills. I still don't buy all the hype with the Bills right now. Are they scary, Jordan? Yes. When everything is clicking, they are scary. Do they still struggle once the scripted plays stop? Absolutely. I'm sure you saw that game last week. Um, I have... I watched a bit of it. I don't like the fact that it was Peacock exclusive, but I did watch. Once the top first 20 plays were done, it became pray to God that Josh Allen is going to bail us out of everything and pray to God that Gabe Davis has his once one in the four good one in every four games. That's a good game this season. Uh, Stefan Diggs has been bad for like a, about a month and a half now. I didn't realize that until I saw his stats. He's had like under 50 yards for like five games straight. So that is something to watch. And you know, he is not the type of player that's going to be okay with that. And it will blow up in their face early at some point. But uh, James Cook has become the running back. A lot of people thought, know a lot of people wanted James Cook on the Dolphins in the draft last year. Uh, didn't happen. We didn't have the draft capital to get him while he has proven to be a great running back and is getting a lot of yards after contact. He is not scoring touchdowns, which is somewhat surprising. And uh, that defense is just insane. They can be beat because of how physical they are. And they are a short man, especially in the back seven, but the front four is probably too deep at every position, at least maybe three deep in some, the Patriots are just a weird team. Their offense is so bad, but with Bailey Zappi, they have started to get stuff out of the former Dolphins and Mike Kosicki and Devontae Parker. And also, uh, what's the young wide receiver they have? Demario Davis or Demario Douglas? Douglas. He's, star- Douglas. He's starting to get involved as well. So you know what? I am going to be a little crazy. It might be the old-fashioned I had at dinner talking a bit. But I'm going to believe with my dolphin heart that the Patriots help us out and they somehow upset the Bills. And while we will already clinch the division because we are beating the Ravens, they will help us as well and give us a little wiggle room as well by beating the Bills this weekend. Yeah, I think that the good news is that the Bills are not playing overly, overly well. Um, I think the bad news is that the Patriots are terrible. Um, I don't think that the Patriots are going to beat the Bills this weekend. Um, I think the Bills know they need to win um, to keep themselves alive. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Bills win this game. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. and I'm, I, I, I do think that apart. But like I said, might be that nice smoked old-fashioned I had with dinner. But I'm just – I'm hoping. I am hoping. So – the next one we are going to will be the Vegas Raiders versus the Indianapolis Colts. 
The Raiders are coming off of a very surprising victory to many, not me, I picked it, uh, where they beat the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Colts are coming off of an awful loss against the Atlanta Falcons. That being said, the Raiders should not have beaten the Chiefs. They won because Matt Nagy is an awful play caller, and they had two defensive touchdowns, they being the Raiders, within seven seconds, I believe, of each other, including one where they decided to do an option where their backup running back hands the ball to Patrick Mahomes, and then he decides what to do with it from there. So I think that is going to be out of the playbook. Well, for the Chiefs going forward, but for the Raiders, uh, O'Connell only had 68 passing yards, and that was all in the first quarter. So while the running game is going strong, even without Josh Jacobs, they don't really have much else. And the Colts, for being undermanned most of the year, and again, Shane Steichen might be my coach of the year now over D'Amico Ryans, because this team does not have a quarterback, really does not have much of anything outside of some D-linemen. So to be in the playoffs right now is amazing on my end. I think the Colts win because... I trust Gardner Menchu to make a play over O'Connell. Um, so, yeah, these are definitely two teams um, that have really turned it on as a late, and these are two teams that have a lot of momentum on their side. Um, the, the Raiders, um, I think, are going to keep Antonio Pierce around um, just because of the mistake they made years ago not keeping, what is his name? Uh, Basak- Bashika? Basakia? 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 Yeah. Yeah, him. Um, and, and I think that um, they'll end up keeping Antonio Pierce around. Um, but as for this specific game, um, I think the Colts win. I think Minshew makes enough plays to win. Um, and I think that the Colts continue. It's crazy when you look at the AFC South that the Colts, the Texans, and the Jaguars are all tied. Um, they're in a dogfight. Um, and I think the Colts make one uh, and win this game against the Raiders. You do realize the Jaguars are probably losing out, right? It's crazy. It is, but you and I, you and I have talked about that they were not as good as their record showed. Correct. Yep. So, True. unfortunately, it took Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence shouldn't be playing. Unfortunately, like we both, we both agree he was a little overrated as a prospect, but he's at the point now with his injuries that him being on. I get it. C.J. Beathard's not good, but you you can't be winning with Trevor Lawrence when he says hurt. Yeah. No. It's. It happens to a couple teams every year, and unfortunately, it's the Jaguars this year. Momentum is a bitch in the NFL. Yeah. Next up, the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. We mentioned some of the Chiefs' struggles, and again, I saw this on Twitter over the weekend. Jordan, people every week keep hoping or expecting the Chiefs to become the Chiefs we have all learned to respect, for many of us to love, for many of us to enjoy, and it's just not happening. Their offense right now only is effective when Isaiah Pacheco is running the ball. Uh, Travis Kelsey, he's really injured right now. Age is catching up to him, mostly injuries. Maybe being in a very famous relationship is distracting him a little bit. But the offensive tackles just aren't good. We, t- we said last week, Jawan Taylor is a liability. Donovan Smith is currently out. But he was on decline in in Tampa. Uh, Jake Browning had a couple very good games filling in for Joe Burrow. 
came back to earth against the Steelers, but that's a division game, and that'll happen. And even still, you had T. Higgins making a couple very, very big plays, showing he wants to get paid, showing his future employers, uh, cough, Carolina Panthers, cough, how much money he should get. But I expect this to be a very defensive game, two very good defenses this year. Um, so it's going to be low scoring as well. I think both teams will be held under 20 points. I think it comes down to what offense do you expect to make the most big plays. And shockingly, I'm picking against Patrick Mahomes just because of the wide receivers. And I do like Rice for Kansas City. But Higgins is just taking another step or is trying to for the last couple of weeks. So I'm actually picking the Bengals to beat the Chiefs. Wow. Um, you are making some upset picks for sure. Um, I'm going to pick the Chiefs to right the ship. Um, I think the, the Chiefs are the type of team, once everybody starts doubting them like they are going into this week, um, I, I think they're going to turn it on a little bit. Um, I don't think they're going to be able to get very far once the playoffs come around. Um, I don't think they're better than the Ravens. I don't think they're better than us. Um, but I do think that there's a chance um, they gain a little momentum going into the playoffs. I think it starts here with a big win over the Bengals. Uh, and I just want to add again, if anybody had any question about Eric Bieniemy as a play caller versus Matt Nagy, we're seeing that Eric Bieniemy does make a difference and that he, Matt Nagy is clearly a downgrade as an offensive coordinator. For sure. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I know people are going to point out the weapons, but I've really the only difference from last year is they don't have Juju Smith-Schuster. And... They won the Super Bowl last year with him. Now they don't have anybody. Kind of have to look at the offensive coordinator, I think. True. That's a a great point. The final game for the NFL game is one I know everybody wanted to talk about, and that is the Easton Stick versus what's-his-name who used to be at Auburn, quarterback for Denver now, Bull. I'm looking it up now because I forgot the guy's name. Because Russell Wilson, for anybody who didn't see, was benched. So it'll be Easton Stick versus Jarrett Stidham. That's his name. Uh, it is kind of messed up what Denver did to Russ, where they're basically benching him so they don't have to play, pay his bonus. Uh, also very messed up that they tried to get him to waive his injury bonus this year, if you saw that, Jordan. That, that's – I think there would be a little bit of an investigation on that one. Yeah, that, that would uh, – that's not going to end well if that ends up being true. Uh, I don't know much. I don't know about this game. Um, I do know, or I do think I want to ask you, has there ever been a trade who has hurt both parties as much as the Russell Wilson trade to Denver? Not C- hurting Seattle, but a trade hurting the player Russell Wilson and the team Denver as much as this trade? No, this was horrible for both teams. Yeah. yeah it didn't work. Uh, Easton Stick is whatever he didn't really show much despite uh the la chargers almost beating the the bills last week uh from that game i also learned that people at the bar are not entertained when you keep yelling dicker the kicker so i learned that the hard way denver i have no idea how they lost to the patriots this week and i saw it but that was a that was a murphy's law game 
Marvin Mims just continues to both be explosive, but also show he has butterfingers. I think this is, again, a game of who feels better is going to win. And surprisingly, I think Denver just feels better than the Chargers. I think the Chargers already know, like, both teams are done. But I think the Chargers just want to get to the offseason. I don't think they, they care anymore. I hate to say it that way. Yeah, I think they're checked out. Um, I think season's over. I think the Broncos do have a little bit of reason to play. So I think the Broncos win this game. I won't bore the people more than that. Yeah. So those are our picks. We did the change. We did the main event first. Uh, and that is because of the demand of our fans. And I get it. You want to, you, this is a Dolphins podcast first and foremost. So you want to hear the Dolphins first. Uh, but before we get into the list, which funny enough, you and I took a little bit to figure out who to put on the list this week, but it is the last couple days of 2023. What are some New Year's res? We want to name our New Year's resolutions. Jordan, mine is to finally stop being lazy and start putting more articles on thelistpodcast.com. I do have the one I've been talking about for Jane Daniels coming out in the next day or two, but I am planning on upping it up, upping it quite a bit, and getting more content content out for our site, and for our fans. Very nice. And I, I think over the next year, I think it's a, a great New Year's resolution is just growing the brand um, and growing it in, specifically with positivity. Um, I, I think we live in a world where everybody is so negative and so reactionary. Um, and I think if we can all just live with some more love, um, we the world would be a much better place. Um, and I hope we bring that through our podcast. I agree. And uh, now on to the list. And Jordan, you will take care of this, but just to preface, I have to remind everybody, no one is more annoying than a cocky Buffalo Bills fan. Take it away from there, Jordan. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it, it did take us a little bit uh, to figure it out, but once I figured it out, it, it was uh, clear. Um, Nate Geary, do you know that name? I do, and I've seen him have a lot of interaction this week with uh, one Marcel-Louis Jacques. So, at night, on Christmas Eve, when everybody's enjoying time with their family, Buzz Killington Nate Geary uh, decides to tweet out, uh, Dolphins win, but man, another game they win scoring just one TD. Not sure anyone is very scared of them. Um. Man's a Buffalo Bills pregame host. Um, he's supposed to be a well-respected journalist um, or whatever he considers himself to be. Um, but at this time, um, he deserves to be on the list. I mean, you're, you're a Buffalo Bills analyst, and you're going out there after the Dolphins beat the Cowboys. Oh, the Dolphins haven't beaten a team. Oh, the Dolphins haven't beaten a team. The Dolphins haven't beaten a team. Well, guess what? It's tough to win in the NFL. You know what? The Dolphins finally did it. They beat the Dallas Cowboys, and then this Nate Geary guy decides to come in and poo-poo on the parade. Nate Geary, I've never heard of you before, and I hope to never hear of you again. Um, Nate Geary, you, sir, are on the list. Brett, is there anything you'd like to add on Mr. Geary? 
Just that every time the Dolphins win, he is one of those Bills fans. There's one or two Bills accounts that like to talk more about the Dolphins than they talk about their own team. So unfortunately, we're going to hear a lot about him. And like I said, there's nothing worse than a cocky, cocky Bills fan. And he is one that just doesn't listen to reason. Like what, What's the other one? JD or TJD or something like that? Yeah, the guy with the cartoon with the beard with the goatee. Oh. I forget his name, but I see everybody responding. I I know exactly who you're talking to. That guy, like he every week he he had he would like tweet a cake out about how many or with a, a tweet with a cake out with how many days it's been since the Dolphins have beaten a winning team. But yeah, well, they're just you can't do it down. anymore. But. But yeah, no, that's a good one. Nate Geary, uh, he is actually one that on the original list Mr. S put out there uh, who actually gave that tweet some, some uh, what's it, market, uh, marketing. So I don't think he meant to, but thanks to him for that. I think he had one of the funny reactions with uh, Ben Albright, another guy who, who we can add to the list sometime, did as well. Which, if you've never seen Albright's meltdown to being on the list, I definitely recommend looking that up on on Twitter. Oh yeah, you know he wasn't too happy with that. Yeah, Albright's another guy. Like, do you follow Ben Albright at all? At all? Because if you do, no, uh, absolutely not. Nah, it's a he he he's something else as well. But Nate Geary's another one, and I'm just like, why are all these Dolphin fans interacting with him? Marcel, I get because he's actually friends with him, but. It's just uh, st- stop giving this guy attention. Yeah, it's. I I think, like I said, uh, I want people that are judging these games fairly, um, and people who are judging these games open mindedly, and not just making projections to get clicks. And I think that's what a lot of these guys out there do. Yep. Nope. I agree. But we are going to end this episode in this year on a high note, and a uh, little teaser. Jordan and I got a message that definitely makes our mood end in a high note for this for the uh, next year for the podcast, doesn't it? Yeah, we're going to be, uh, and I won't reveal any names until it's official, but we're looking to get a former Dolphins legend uh, to join us and talk about uh, what will be a very successful playoff run. Absolutely. And we just got to figure out the date for it, but they have agreed to look at their schedule and we are going to reconvene on a new year, but uh, it's definitely one to look at, but we are going to end on a high note. Keep a look at it. Listpodcast.com for Mr. S's picks, as well as Sebastian's picks. Remember the dog only has two losses this year, but it is time. Happy new year's to everybody. Make sure you support Michigan. This playoff, make sure you continue to support the dolphins and hopefully we all can get the new, Miami Dolphins AFC East champion apparel after this weekend, hopefully. But for Jordan, for Zach, I'm Brett. This is The List, and remember, we are watching. Zach, hit that music.